All right, guys. It's been a while now since we've done another one of these podcasts. This is our In Response To podcast. Um, we've done it previously. Last one, I think, that was officially recorded up and released. I had like the whole big roundtable thing. We had a lot of discussion going with a lot of people. This time, it's going to be kind of going back to the original format, a little bit older style, just us two discussing and going over decks and really focusing on tournament results as opposed to just set release. I think for every set release, there might be a big discussion, but at least tournament stuff, we'll do kind of more um, shorter stuff. So, of course, I am Nan Man, the real Nan Man, and with me today is kind of our co-host of Modern Magic Monday, so why don't you introduce yourself? Sure, sure. Uh, Brett here, Faro Zernar, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of super stoked to be doing po- another yes. podcast. The, the Amon Kit was fun. <laughs> I, think, I think that was the last one that we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was which was cool because we had you know we had uh, the uh, not the real oh, but real Eminem Eminem just doing some discussion with us yeah, yeah. Um, partner in crime over at Modern Magic Mondays and then we had uh, Trip Roach mm-hmm. the shop owner at Comic Kung Fu and we were able to kind of talk about a Monket as a whole kind of yes. what we were seeing the different mechanics that were coming back. And uh, I know if you guys are watching this, I assume I've got to prepare for YouTube. Just Perfect. FYI. That we will be doing a YouTube yep. and iTunes and all the releases. So if you want to look all over the place, you can find us. You'll see it. Uh, you'll see we've got the some sweet rivals of Ixalan from our. But mm-hmm. I think uh, what we really want to talk about is why Modern Magic Mondays existed overall. <laughs> and that's the Pro Tour rivals of Ixalan. Yes. Yeah. So the whole big thing we hadn't had a modern pro tour in two years so back 2016 or so um was that whole big oh eldrazi winter i'm sure you guys remember this and then everyone was like no more modern at the pro tour this is why shut eldrazi's everywhere this this is horrible why did we do this the entire top eight's eldrazi except for like one deck no it was like the robots versus eldrazi was was how it went last time so um, but, you know, we were super hyped and stoked to be able to watch Modern and know that it was coming back. And it seemed like the viewership actually responded really well to Modern coming back, too. But from all the tweets that I was seeing is the numbers were doing extremely well, even though it was like European time. So like even the East Coast and stuff like that, like wake up in the morning, you'd be able to catch it and stuff like that. I don't know how well West Coast did for like catching it live but cool. they did rebroadcast up after it was over each I, th- time. I think we probably had the toughest time being on the east coast yeah uh west coast it was like six in the morning i think uh, so it was okay. in bill it was in bilbao spain yeah and for us on the east coast it ended up being like 3 a.m yeah, is when it started because <laughs> i remember waking up on friday morning being like oh i wonder how long and they're like all right, it's round number three. And I was like, like oh, <laughs> wow, I've missed so much already. You know, they were in the end of the draft. And, you know, we were getting ready to go into the modern portion. I was super happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like perfect time to wake well, up. Yes, modern. Dra- draft is fun. But, you know, we were really there for the modern piece no, of it. I do like watching the draft. I don't care about the matches after the draft. Really? I, I don't. Like, huh. I really enjoy, like, when I do cube and, and I do draft online i love drafting but then the matches once i have the deck i'm just like ah i could care less about this deck i have no connection to it other than like yeah i pick these cards but i I like the the picking more than i like the actual playing 
the draft for some reason. So you're so. you're saying you probably aren't a draft master. By no means am I a draft master. How I about know. a pre-release master? No. No. Okay, the, got it. Yeah. Sealed is not my forte by any means. Limited. Nope. Not going to be a 5 0 every limited league I play. So, but no, Modern's kind of our wheelhouse, hence Modern Magic Mondays, which we did start up actually right after the Pro Tour. And Isn't that funny? It's two years ago. That's hilarious. We started up, we're like, yeah, Modern seems great right now. Why don't we start up a show about it? It's, it's terrible because I think it really was great up until that Pro Tour. Yeah. And then we went into such a, I don't want to say slump, but it was just like one deck that was constantly being if, at the top. If you weren't playing that deck, you were having trouble. Yeah, you were having trouble. You know, it was Eldrazi mm. until they got rid of I. Yep. And then it was Dredge. And Infect. And Infect. Yeah. I like to keep Infect out because it's still okay. It's still, yeah. It wasn't, I don't, I don't ever think of Infect when I think of, Super. like, things that were warping the format. <laughs> well, yeah, it, so a lot of people were doing linear stuff and like combo stuff to try to deal with dread mm -hmm. right and then so that infect preys upon those decks so it's like hey if you're doing this linear thing i'm just gonna play infect and i'm gonna kill you it's absolutely not gonna matter yeah. so that's why it's like infect sort of rose up especially with gataxian pro being legal right it right it's like dredge was still the super scary one with how consistently it could get all the power on the board kind of thing so they like nope we're gonna get rid of axiom probe we're gonna get rid of golgari grave troll and then that was last year and we've the format has been great like it slowly have developed up like we yeah. saw the development of some new decks like i think that's been what's really nice is a lot of new decks have been developed over this last year since the banning more decks are able to kind of thrive in this scene where it's been a little bit limiting in what could happen before then. It's like, ah, oh, Eldrazi, oh, you're playing Dredge, you're playing Infect, like, you know, you're playing these linear combo decks kind of thing, and now it's like, you can play anything. Yeah, yeah. I, what, I, what I find interesting was, is even though, you know, we, we talk about the different decks that kind of from 2016, that Pro Tour, you know, we saw Eldrazi, we saw Dredge and Infect, and then we saw Death Shadow. Yes. You know, and Death Shadow was interesting because... Yes, if you weren't playing Death Shadow, you were trying to play something that beats Death Shadow. Well, it was also interesting to see Death Shadow turn into what it is now. Right. Because it's... it was completely different when Gitaxian Probe was legal. Exactly. And it was like a zoo all in on become immense on this Death Shadow and Teamer Battle Rage. And yeah. like you would do this very all in style. And now it's like Axiom Probe's gone. How else can we build this deck? And then it's it's much more of a uh it's a much more of a mid-range deck now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's really just kind of grinding you out. Well, it's it's also seeing that development once they switched and like, okay, you can play Grixis, Death Shadow, which is like that whole controly stuff. Um, you know, Starboard Denial is a great card. And then you've got like that Traverse Shadow, which is kind of that more mid-rangey delirium focus style that we've seen that is more of that like four color. Mm -hmm. So it's it's cool to see that now it is almost like two separate decks. Because I know during that development time, people were trying all kinds of stuff. They were doing five colors and two colors, and you know everyone's been trying to figure out sure. where what's the best way to do uh, Death Shadow. And now we've kind of had those two 
pillars, I guess, of Death Shadow. Right. Um, so we, we've kind of talked a little brief history of magic leading up to it, at least modern, getting up to this pro tour. Uh, there was a really cool article um, that got written up over on Wizards' website. Frank Carson wrote it up, just kind of going over um, the cards that have been released since the last Modern Pro Tour, and that was really cool to see just because we had Shadows over Innistrad, we had Eldritch Moon, we had, of course, the Amonkhet block, um, an Hour of Devastation, then Ixalan came out, Rivals of, of Ixalan, right before this whole Pro Tour kind of thing. And a lot of cards were able to come out, like we talked about Dredge getting better because of those cards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's cards that were released that now were able to make the human deck a thing. Yep. Because that was not a thing previously until these sort of sets came out. Um, there was just a lot of cool stuff, like the, the extra fast lands that got printed in Kaladesh. I get Kaladesh in one of the sets that came out. That was another one. Kaladesh yep. block came out. Um, like Collective Brutality is an amazing card. There's just like some really cool cards that were printed. Fatal Push. How can we forget about that? Oh. I mean, what does it do? <laughs> it removes all, basically every creature that the modern format's playing because modern is always, for anyone listening that doesn't know, is like a what? What do they say? Turn three, turn four I format? Think, yeah, that turn four is like, what they're we, looking we for. don't want things to be killing consistently before turn four. Right. Is logic behind it so of so the time it doesn't happen right so we're looking for those powerhouse cards that cost one two mana mm-hmm. you know and uh fatal push gets that yeah i mean it seems like every set more or less had at least two cards get added in you could see some big ones like oh there's four or five cards getting added in um it's gonna be interesting to see what comes out for rivals um i'm brewing up with dead man's chest mm-hmm. I, I'm sure people at home have started brewing with things. We haven't seen any big changes yet, but then again, the set just came out. Like we've seen some sprinkling of people trying out dinosaurs in some of the like red green Ponza lists. And there's little things people are seeing, but I'm not seeing a huge change like where it's like, oh, fatal push. Everyone's playing that. Maybe that dinosaur that you can play extra lands like Azusa might start seeing play in some specific list, but I'm not really seeing something yet yeah i don't know what you guys are brewing at home uh if there is something let us know because we'd love to take a look at that stuff so um that's kind of our evolution of modern i really recommend you guys check out that deck um they announced a new set i had no idea i it's i'm super excited what because of the official reprints that they've said so far and i'm my fingers are crossed that one card that we really want that we don't own will be reprinted in this one. So this is um, Masters 25, um, celebrating 25 years of magic, right? And they released it with the packaging and saying, hey, in this packaging, we're going to say, look at these cool, sweet cards that clearly they're iconic cards. You're going to know what they are. There's one robot-looking dude. We don't know who he is. Uh, But... Jace the Mind Sculptor and Azusa Lost But Seeking official reprint's going to be happening in this Masters 25 set. Wizards so. of the Coast are such trolls. Yeah, aren't they? <laughs> no, I mean, like, okay, all right. So the two, like, feature cards for Masters 25, don't get me wrong, I think it's super exciting. Good for them. Uh, but here it is. Jace the Mind Sculptor. You can play that in Legacy. <laughs> 
Azusa Lost But Seeking. You can play that in Legacy. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like so yeah. like it's it's like every well, I say everyone, but there are some loud voices that would like to see Jace the Mind Sculptor get unbanned and modern. Mm-hmm. And Azusa Lost But Seeking is in Oh no, she's not banned. I was thinking she's, of Summer Bloom. No, yes. Yeah, she, yeah, I was thinking of so oh, sorry. She, she doesn't really have a home since yeah. Summer Bloom got banned. Right. Like some people try to still work her in with it, but it's like it's not really the same power when you don't right. Summer Bloom. You're right. So it's still it's still my my uh my stance is still on they're such trolls they're such trolls so this is a new set that they're going to be coming out with going to be released march 16 so it was just sort of out of the blue it's like oh surprise guys hey yeah. this new set it's no, coming it's... out before actually we get go back in time and everything like that so um february 26th the whole spoiler full preview stuff will be kicking off so people can find out what other stuff so Gorio's vengeance of course is the one we're really hoping for Oh, like yeah. this, that's the fingers crossed. Um, there's some cool stuff that, you know, very iconic cards. And I feel like, you know, I don't know if it's going to be like iconic masters, but, you know, or if it's going to just be like, here's just sweet cards we want to reprint that we haven't been able to reprint yeah. in 25 years or right. something. Yeah, like Gorio, like any, like any cards that you can think mm. of. Gorio's Vengeance is a good one. Um, geez, what else is out there that... Um, through the breach, we can get some more reprint oh. now. I don't know if there's <laughs> through the breach would be good, man. You know, basically, this is the you want to build a Gorio's Vengeance deck. <laughs> Let's do it. We got you. Let's do it. <laughs> no, so I'm excited to see what I I like that they said. Um, they they have a really cool watermark on Azusa's text box representing the original printing, um, and nearly every card in Masters 25 will have this treatment, even cards originally printed. In limited edition, alpha, beta, beta, and unlimited. That's really cool. Yeah, you know, being able to see those alpha, beta, and unlimited cards again with uh, maybe some updated, definitely some updated card text. Yeah, you know the the box, the boxes are going to be updated, but maybe even some art changes. You know, I know that's probably like a sin, right? Like, (gasps) no, don't touch limited (laughs) and beta. But no, like. Let's see it. Let's see what we can come up with for some of those older style cards. So, I, I, we're going to skip over this week talking about any of the SCG tour stuff um, because we, you know, usually when we do this, we'll talk about as many decks and as many tournaments that have taken place, but the main focus is going to be on the Pro Tour. So, I figure we'll just jump into at least day one because um, there, you know, again, Frank was saying, you know what, I'm going to just put up all the stats and all this information all weekend long and had written a bunch of great articles. Um, and it was really cool to see like the most played cards um, that were played for at least day one. Um, and looking at the, it kind of gets you an idea of what decks were played too. Um, funny enough, like, so in the top um, five, right, most played cards, one of them is a land. So Scalding Tarn's in there. So if we ignore scalding tarn from if we ignore lands from the top 25 played cards and just look at the cards that were played like number one's lightning bolt i i was a little surprised to be really? honest okay I, I know lightning bolt has come back more but i guess it was i was ex- not expecting um maybe as much um 
I, you know, as Jeskai as, as was running around, I was maybe expecting more blue-white, but I guess Jeskai has been doing better, so that means, you know, more bolts. Burn is always good. Um, Grixis, Death Shadow. So I guess with those three main decks, and then that doesn't include, like, any Valakut-based decks that might have it in the board or anything True. like that. True. So but it's good news for Wild Defiance. Coming back. It's safe to say we can bring that guy back. This is this is not the we support oh, infect. No, this is not. All no, right. no. But but seriously, on a you know kind of talking about why we're seeing that resurgence of lightning bolt. I think it really did take a hit uh, when Death Shadow was popular mm. because what what was a Death Shadow deck running while it was out or what you know while it's still out? The big the big creatures were like what Tarmogoyf. Yep. Death Shadow. Yep. These are all cards that Lightning Bolt is just really bad <laughs> it against. Does not work. Super bad. And we would rather play cards like Fatal Push, Path to Exile. You know, cards that can just you know one for one remove instead of just going. All right. Well, I'm just gonna deal three damage. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's it's nice to be able to sneak in those couple points, but I feel like a lot of times in those Death Shadow matchups, it's just a deck card. Mm -hmm. Um. So number two, of course, Thought Seize. Again, with all the different decks that were running around, having that disruption is nice because not only Death Shadows are running it, if you have any mid-range Jun, Abzan-style decks, uh, but even the green-black drawn list will be running it, too. Mm -hmm. So um, I like that it's number two. What do you think about our number three card? Oh, it's, I mean... It's right on the money. I, I can't. <laughs> the most played card. I, Why absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the beauty, like, I, I heard something where someone was said, Thoughtseize is probably one of the strongest cards in Magic. Yes. You know, for one black mana and two of your precious life points, mm. you can take any non-land card. Doesn't matter who. It's just, it's so powerful. Yeah. So why, why wouldn't people be running it? Mm -hmm. You know? But then, of course... If it has to shadow over Path to Exile, I guess I understand, mm -hmm. you know, but it does say Exile Target Creature, <laughs> period. Uh, so behind Path to Exile, Serum Vision, I mean, with Jeskai, Blue-White Control, Rix's Death Shadow, like the, the amount of blue that's running around, mm -hmm. it makes sense that Serum Vision, plus we have um, our Storm decks. Right, they're playing Serum Vision, yeah. so that makes sense that that would be etched up over Fatal Push. But Fatal Push comes in seven, so happy to see that. And then again, it's like you the other spells basically go along with those sort of types of decks, right? Snapcasters in there, Inquisition, Collective Brutality. Not until like number twelve uh, with Noble Hierarch and number thirteen Relic that we start to see kind of a switch from the types of decks uh, that were kind of the most played cards and stuff. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. But other interesting fact was like the numbers, because a lot of people I think were on the, the plan of, okay, we know that burn's gonna show up because it's burn, right? It's it's a good it's it's yeah. always there. Yeah, like it's never it's, never ever forget that burn exists. And as I think that's the same thing about affinity too. It's like at a pro tour, it's just you're playing lots of rounds kind of thing. It's a good deck. Like, especially if people are maybe lighter on the hate against affinity right like if they're more concerned about other decks like the number one deck which was the five color human list which has been growing in popularity 
it's because it's so cheap it is you know what i mean like it's super cheap on magic online and so it's it's real easy to kind of put together in both the paper and digital yes you know um and it's it's just it has a very very strong kind of baseline yeah it's a really powerful creature based deck and you know i was wondering okay are we gonna see any people like on fish or anything like that or like any other creature based decks that are gonna be like fan nightfall or you know stuff like that but it's like really if you're gonna be playing a creature based strategy that's like kind of all about that turn dude sideways you should be playing the five color human um kind of thing like you can play anything right now but i think the five color human definitely shows why it is better than a lot of the other creature based decks because it does have ways to disrupt and it's you know I can make sure you don't play that card with meddling, right? I can return your creature and you can't play that next turn kind mm-hmm. of thing with Reflector Mage. And like you can kite sail Freebooter comes in, you can steal the card from your opponent's hand. Like it's got It's utility. Yeah. It's it's a pure utility and power level deck. I'll be honest with you, uh I wasn't expecting humans. Yeah. Well so, and that's it's like you had a mix of pros saying that too. It's like there was those that were like, I thought a lot of people were gonna be playing humans. And there was a lot of people like, I didn't expect humans. Like, I knew there'd be Fern, I knew there'd be Affinity, I knew there'd yeah. be Electron and stuff, you know, but I wasn't expecting humans. And, and I think that also showed in who was doing better in that, like, day two environment, too. Those that prepared against humans, um, you know, I think did much better because 43 players showed up with humans. So it was the most played deck, but that was 9.3% of the field. Yeah, we're inching pretty close. With 9.3, you start looking like once you're in the 10%, it's it's in that scary scary level where you're like, well, wait a second. What's happening here? Um, But number two, it's like, again, it's that deck that a lot of people, um, when they think about modern, it's one of the decks that's still in the back of people's mind when they're thinking about, okay, what's a deck in modern, right? That's been around forever. And it's still going to be there in the future. Like it's not, not really going anywhere. Some days it's better than others in the sense that there's more hate for it, mm. right? So Affinity comes in second with 37 players playing it, and that's eight percent of the field. It's a good deck. It's fast. It's expected to win game one, and then you have two games to try to close it up. Essentially, mm-hmm. if you're losing game one, you're going to have a hard time because right. post board the deck just gets worse because everybody else brings in their hate and they've got a lot more ways to deal with you kind of thing. Um, Burn is like, hey, you want to play that top deck game? Sure, we can do it. Um, it's much more consistent now that it is that two colors, Boros Burn. Not really any of that three colors of Tarka's command running around. People aren't caring about it anymore. So that's 34 players right behind them, 7.3%. Fourth place, your favorite deck, right? I mean, okay. All right. I I don't want to sit here and offend anyone that's going to play Tron, which, mm. by the way, had 32 players at 6.9%. Um, fourth most popular deck. Fourth most popular deck. And I understand why. Don't get me wrong. But for me, it's the enemy. It is. It- <laughs> you know, it's... it's I, would, I would rather play a burn matchup or yeah, even honestly affinity and i get my butt kicked yeah when i play against affinity all the time um but it's tron it's just 
you just you play you just draw and you play the cards <laughs> like I, it just seems every time i play a tron player it doesn't they matter just how they, yeah, they just draw what they need <laughs> like i grind it out so hard just to lose in the end see i love playing grindy decks uh -huh. and long drawn out games but they just when it gets to that point they're just like well i have now 200 mana because <laughs> i've got two sets of tron lands exactly and yeah, look exactly. i just top deck ulamog now yeah. my top decks are much better than your top decks. yeah so yeah you, can, you know i, I play spells and stuff so i'm like <laughs> seer visions uh that doesn't beat card huh? nope. oh darn. Uh, okay <laughs> great uh but there was like three different colors running around for tron right you could play your like green black you could play your green red or just mono green mm. was running around as well so like i like seeing that but the main ones were green black and green red um as it should be right so then our fifth grixis shadow i was expecting more grixis shadow um i wasn't as expecting five color human to be first yeah you know? i i still think we're kind of in that area where death shadow is still very popular I mean, it's it's very close in numbers to Tron, right? Thirty players played it compared yep. to thirty-two right. of Tron. So, uh, I, I just think humans is the new hotness. Yes, you know what I mean. So there's like that. It's that brand new car smell and on I the think deck. It's also you can go into it and maybe edge out against players because they might not have practiced against it if it's not exactly. showing up in their practice group. If yep. it's you know, like maybe they played a couple games to get against it online, but different unless your group says one of your players is on it and we're going to do reps and stuff yeah. so um so grixis shadow number five six is eldrazi tron again once they banned our eye they decided yeah then we'll just put some tron lands in here it'll be great it'll be great yeah that's you know 26 players showed up with eldrazi tron so um then we've got kind of our blue decks seventh eighth ninth um, Jess Guy Control showed up 23 players, and that was 5%, right? Um, of course, our Gifts Storm was 23 players, 5%. Blue White Control, 23 players, 5%. Wow. Everything else that showed up was below 5%. There's other decks, you know, that a lot of them were close to that, but I only want to talk about those that showed up with at least 5% meta. Um, did you see round one of Modern of the Blue white control versus death guy control. I'm glad you asked that question. I was getting ready for work mm -hmm. and we we just finished up round three. Yeah. And they did an interview with uh I think his name is Raphael Levy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we were talking to him and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then we get to round four and it's like, all right, first matchup of modern. <laughs> Here we go. Raphael Levy on Jess Guy Control. And then his opponent, which I, I'm blanking. I'm blanking, too. Yeah, I'm blanking. It's somebody I we know, too. Um, oh, it was... Excuse me. It was it was Paolo. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was Paolo, and he's playing blue-white. No, was it... Do I have that? No, I'm sorry. Paolo was on Jess, Jess Guy. Guy. Raphael was, was on, on blue-white. Blue and boy, <laughs> did Twitch chat lose their minds. They were so salty about the I fact that we had it. such a just old-fashioned control matchup. It we haven't seen these in forever. So I'm going to do eSports talk for a second. Um, that match reminded me of 
StarCraft II Wings of Liberty, like 2010, 2011, when it was Terran versus Terran, and it's just like split map. They're all sitting there with giant armies, and they can't attack into each other, and they can't kill each other, and it just is like a 50-minute long game of just a lot of sitting around. Oh my gosh, it's yes. like the game, you know, you can see them sort of like, oh, we're going to trade resources at the beginning, and they're doing this and doing it, and then they just get set up, and they're just like, oh, they kept counting each other's decks oh, yeah. to see if either of them had a chance to deck each other out. And you got that uh, chance there with that ancestral recall, and he's like, do I make visions. you, or vision, sorry, yeah. ancestral visions, do I make you draw the three cards because right. it will put you closer or do i draw the three cards here like it was the tension the <laughs> tension was broken a little bit i think probably around the 10 minute mark i, oh. I remember because like i'm i'm like brushing my teeth and i'm watching this match and then all of a sudden uh the judge gets called yeah and this judge call lasts i think for like two or three minutes as they're trying to resolve um gosh what was it God. It was uh, is basically they wanted to resolve uh, a card draw. But you know what? I'm not even gonna try and talk my way through yeah, it. No, I'm trying to think. I think it was something. I don't remember. Yeah, it, was, guys, it was related to a you card guys draw. can you guys can tell me exactly what it was at home, but card draw or scrying or I don't remember. Yeah, but, but basically, it, it ended up like. Everyone was just losing it. They're like, "Can we just go somewhere else?" And, but like, every there was like a small little handful of people that were like, "Yeah, this is, this is the best magic. This is what I want in magic." Well, so I actually heard a discussion from some people of saying that blue white control is the slowest deck in modern, slower than lantern control, like in order to set up your win and, mm. and be able to win sometimes. Like, yeah, you have the Planeswalkers as your big, like, I'm going to beat you down with Planeswalkers. Like, you've got all the Gideons and stuff, or I'll make a bunch of 1-1 warriors, right? But, so that was interesting to see. And I'm, I was curious to see, like, how many other control mirrors there were, since there was, you know, 5% of the meta was blue-white and 5% was Jeskai, but like, 50 minutes to complete game one <laughs> and honestly Raphael was like skin of his teeth yeah by the end like he he snuck it right at the very end on turns I believe it, it was they went to turns like three cards left in each other's decks two cards like it was yeah. down to the wire on that so I think when I saw that I was like it's gonna be a good weekend like this, we're gonna have some great modern this weekend. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Wizards probably was like, "Okay, I'm glad we <laughs> got this uh, done. We did this. With. That's great. All right, let's get let's get into what we're what everyone wants to see." Yeah. Uh. So we talked about at least the percentage and what sort of decks were there day one. Uh, I wanted to at least highlight some cool decks that didn't make day two before we kind of do breakdowns of numbers of what deck made day two uh, because there are some cool decks that were running around these are the ones that i made note of i you know i'm sure there was other ones that when you guys looked through the list were like whoa this deck is so cool why didn't that make them so like five color copycat right what did you don't like making infinite cats well, well what's what's the fifth like i don't know what are you we playing can't see in the black list is the problem so i don't know what so it's basically it's a keely combo right right 
So you're gonna make a bunch of kitty cats with Eldar Guardian. Is it is it just like sideboard cards? I guess that yes. you would be running black in. I just don't know. Maybe it's actually like a two color, and they just they wrote their name down as five color to troll <laughs> people. <laughs> Have you seen people do that when they go to events? They'll no. like I'm playing Infect as my deck, but I'm gonna write down lands on it because I've got lands in my deck. Like people do weird trolling oh. stuff. I'm not saying this is what happened with the five color right. list, but I'm, I've just heard of people. Being it's probably trolled. like fatal push or something like that. <laughs> probably. Um, so I, you know, I like copycat. I like. I think it's a cool deck. Oh, it's absolutely! Not, it's it's, not, it's doing all yeah. the best things in Magic, <laughs> making infinite dudes and beating you down. Right. There was a zoo list. Right. Dominion Zoo. So it's like again a five color list, pretty much all about getting all your basics kind of things. And, but there wasn't many zoo lists that were running. So I find I, that interesting. You know, I I figured I oh there was a zoo list that ran around. And it wasn't like the Revolt Zoo, right? Because right. that was a big thing for a while. So, what about the next one? I figured you think. Oh, one of the other good ones. Grizzle Shoal Brand. Yeah, man, that's a good deck. Didn't make day two, sadly. As long as it's the Jun color version, I would think so. Yeah. You know. I mean, I I don't know. It's it's a glass cannon. It is. I can. It's such a glass. There's. Cannon. I mean, if the every other deck was under five percent, this was probably like maybe like. I think this was like point something. Two or I think three there was people. One player on one it. Player <laughs> I, think on it. One, I think all of these had like one or two players max. Right. So but I saw these and were like, yeah. <laughs> so it's he. You know, he was like, you know, I'm going to the pro tour. I'm just gonna have some fun. Yeah. I'm gonna get racked, but someone can hit by Someone's some world's fine work. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the other one, Jeskai Ascension. Still? So uh, one guy was like, man, you remember when this deck was good? Yep, I'm going to play it. Don't get me wrong. I love like everything that the Japanese community and Magic's <laughs> doing. It was probably a Japanese player. Probably. I'm not going to uh, lie. That, sound, that sounds exactly like what I would expect from a Japanese player. Yeah. Jeskai Ascendancy is just running around at least one. The deck is, is you know... If you think that Storm, the Gift Storm, is a lot of solitaire magic, this deck is solitaire magic to the max. Tell me about it. Like, your creatures are, are defenders that yeah. tap for mana. They're great. Not, you're not doing much. It's great. Um, the other one, of course, was the blue-white, or, uh, yeah, blue-black, uh, I think it was, or blue-white, whatever. It was the As Foretold list that's running around. Oh, the, the Living End? The Living End. Oh, version. so it's As Foretold Living End? Yeah. Um, which, if you guys have watched any Magic Online, pretty much from December on, you've probably have seen this list. A lot of the streamers were, were playing it at one point or another. Um, it's just a cool list of doing stuff with blue cards and as foretold and living it, right? You're cycling blue stuff, you're countering stuff, just drawing cards, and, oh, you have a bunch of five fives and stuff out now. So. Yeah. Um, so, so that was pretty cool. Now I know for their metagame breakdown, they like specifically classify uh, decks, right? Like, is it, is it an aggro deck? Right? Is it a big mana deck? That sort of thing. Um, so it was kind of cool to see. Um, and there's two two people that were running Merfolk. They just didn't make day two. Huh? Three people on Infect. Only only two of them made day two though. It's a, it's a pretty. I mean that's that's a huge margin. Yeah. Two, three, and day one, two. I'm kind of looking at these numbers as we get to the, the like the more popular decks. Mm -hmm. I think the one that stands out the most is uh, Affinity. 
Yeah, you know, I I know we skipped a couple. You know, we have Boggles, Hollow One, Death, death and Taxes. Is, like it's it's it. I'm sorry. Is Death and Taxes considered an aggro list? I guess when you're like, here's all my Thalias, and I don't know, maybe you're. I don't see it as that, but I don't know if they could put it in any other category. Being a, a heavy creature based deck, that I don't know. I'm, hey, I didn't make up the categories. I'm just reporting. No, categories. it's fine. I'm like, a, you know, I'm just just curious. That's all. Yeah. So like, burn is also in this aggro five color humans affinity. So they had in day one, 136 players playing quote unquote aggro decks. Uh huh. 86 of those players made day two with a 63.2 percent conversion rate. There were some that like specific decks that had more conversion rates. On average, they sat there with a 63. So that was interesting to see. The turn four format. Right? Um, big mana decks. Oh, this, man. These are Brett's favorite. Front and forefront. Um, so why don't you talk about these lovely big mana decks? Man, I love that you forced me to talk <laughs> yep. about it. Uh, so uh, we've got 80 decks in total in day one. Uh, 50 of them made it into day two. And yet now, just so you guys remember, your big mana decks, uh, Tron, Eldrazi Tron, Titan Shift, and then Titan Breach. Now, Titan Breach sounds cool. Yeah, it's it's you have Emrakul in your list as well, so you can through the breach either Prime Time or Emrakul. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Seems, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're looking at Tron. You know how we talked about being it was number four, right? Yes. Number four. Popular. Uh, twenty-two made day two, whereas in Eldrazi Tron, only twenty made day two. So mm-hmm. it's it stays pretty consistent. Uh, as you get further down that list of big mana decks, obviously those numbers drop consistently. Yeah, um, Titan Shift did not put up very good results. Not for day two. Yeah. Yeah, not for day two. Uh, and then Titan Breach, same thing. You know, okay. we had six people, which is probably a team, coming in on Titan I Breach. Got this, guys. And only two of them were able to sneak into day two on that with a 33.3% uh, conversion rate. All right, so after the big mana... Black mid rangey decks. So this is kind of our Death Shadow style decks are in this category. If you're on like just a rock based deck or Jun, your Abzan, or even your like Mardu Pyromancer list. Oh, uh-huh. oh, it's okay. So all right, okay. So there are thirteen total. Yeah. So there's thirteen players on the Mardu list. They were all slightly different. Um, I did a modern meta breakdown showcasing Gary's list, um, and then another list that was like 21 to 23 points in modern a mm. um, little bit more creature heavy with goblin rabble master instead of liliana okay so like gary's list had liliana was a little bit more controlly the other one had more burn spells and more creatures so you can tweak it and build it slightly different but the same premise is young pyromancer bedlam reveler sure you're going to do that for the pyromancer list um grixis shadow was the most popular kind of black mid-range with 30 players on it for day one 20 made day two um so that did really well but overall the black mid range 77 players on any one of those types of decks for day one 50 made day two so pretty good conversion like i mean reed duke was one of the, those players that was yeah, on Amazon, and he's just like i'm playing modern i like this deck i'm gonna play this deck i you know don't care if it's the best format or not or best deck in the format I like this deck. I know this deck really well. 
I'm going to do well this deck. Yeah, he loves <laughs> black-green decks. Yes. You know, I've seen him play Jund. Uh, I think I've seen him play black-green. And on Abzan, I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. The man's a fan of Tarmogoyf. He does. Yeah, he likes it. It's got powerful cards in it. Right? Oh, we were talking about Thoughtseize being the number two card in uh, for day one, at least, played. And a big reason is for these kind of black sure. range decks. Absolutely. Um, so those decks did pretty well there, as you might expect. But what about the, the next list? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he gave me big mana and control. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, control, 65 players came in on day one. On that, do we have a total list of players, or we would have to do math? We'd have to probably do math. All right, I so I, I won't, I won't get off on I a looked. tangent. Uh, sixty-five players on day one with a control deck. I'm sorry, they say blue control deck. Yeah, they count. <laughs> that's it's very important to note that it's a blue <laughs> style control deck. Uh, you know, giving us all that data. Seventeen on day two for that just guy control list. We had twenty-three in day one. Seventeen came in into day two mm -hmm. uh blue white control uh same number on day one so jeskai and blue white control compare comparatively were the same amount yeah those were both our five percent of the mana yeah. deck 23 decks and then 14 came in on day two um but and then of course those numbers are super skewed as you go down the line we had grixis control madcap moon uh blue red Sometimes white. Sometimes white <laughs> breach. Which all of them. Made. They all made day two, as well as our blue black fairies players mm -hmm. and our blue red pyromancer. Now, I want to say um, that blue red pyromancer list, like the thing in the ice one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was I was a fan. He was going to town. <laughs> I don't think anybody was ready for that. No, like, like not oh, even a little bit. The ice. Yeah, all my creatures go to my hand. Oh, oh, okay. We we got to see a lot of feature matches with that deck mm -hmm. uh, because uh, his name is Lucas. I I can't think of his last name right now, um, but he ended up making top eight, right? Yes. Okay, he did uh, make so top I was trying eight. Trying to find how he's played. he's still top. Yeah, but he was undefeated. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's it's no, Pascal Viren. That's yes. right, Pascal Viren. I was but there was another Lucas person. There was a couple of lists that were running around. Like you said, there was... Right. Um, Pascal Vieran. I mean, he was undefeated going into day two. I think he had only had a draw going into uh, day two. And then he just continued to steamroll all the way up to the top eight. Yeah, he did well. Um, I think he ended up going X... Two and two, or X zero and two. Like I, I don't think he ever he really dropped really in his rounds. Yeah. Um. But that deck was sweet. Thing in the ice, cantrips, and pyromancer. Sure. <laughs> I want to do all that. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think the big reason that Just Guy got a few more people in day two over Blue White was just the extra burn they had to try to get people. Yeah. Right. Old skill this things like that. Um. So the next kind of category. Do you want to talk about the next one? No, you got it. Right. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's how you know. <clears throat> so we've got combo decks as our next sort of category. Um, of course, Gift Storm is in there. Dredge, Devoted Company, which is that Devoted Druid, yep. Vizier combo stuff, the kind of new Abzan company. Um, Fant Nightfall, Ad Nauseam, Elves, and Ironwork Combo. 
Do you know um, that are this? Now I'm blanking on his name. Um, the guy that runs around the Star City circuit that's all about the control. Shaheen Sarani. He was on Ironworks. I saw that. I think he also did a uh, deck tech on the Ironworks combo deck. So lots of fun decks. We will actually talk a little bit more about Ironworks in a bit. But um, so day one, 64 players on combos and 37 made day two, about 57.8% or so. Um, You know, the gifts started with 23. 13 of them made day two. Yeah. 10 people dropped off, but they still did pretty well for that. Dredge again, 17, 9. You know, it was pretty good overall for for numbers for for them kind of transitioning over. So, oh, I forgot about the last one. Oh, man. Why don't you talk about this guy? Can't can't wait to talk about (laughs) this category. (laughs) Love it. So, because Modern is such a great format, it's the Wild West, you can do pretty much anything you want. We have to make sure that we're throwing a little shout out to mm. the prison category of decks. <laughs> prison, which, if you guys don't know, Lantern Control, Red Green Land Destruction, Rapunzel, and then, oh, a green white Turbo Land deck. I assume that's Turbo Fog. It wasn't actually, I saw it was on camera once, and it was kind of like the. Knight of Corhelm stuff, but you're not having Corhelm combo in there, but you're just playing Knight of the Reliquary. Knight of the Reliquary, and you just have a lot of really cool lands in your huh. deck. And that was that was how they did it. I don't <laughs> Well guess what? 50% conversion rate on that. Two people came in with green white turbo land. And uh we had 13 decks total for prison in day one. Seven made day two with a 53.8 conversion rate. Uh and obviously we did have our uh Luis Salvato, mm-hmm. uh, who was piloting Lantern Control, made it into the top eight. Six of them made day two. Six of them made FYI. day two. FYI. Uh, BBD was one of them. Oh, okay. So Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, Red, green, land destruction, that Ponza, none of them made day two. Well, wasn't yeah. Wasn't there a event. We tried. No, I think the Turbo Land one was like playing Ghost Quarters and playing... Um, <clears throat> That new Ixalan land uh, that you pay to and you that Field of Ruin. There you go. Yeah. Um and like Crucible of World and that dinosaur that lets you play lands from your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just like I'm gonna make you have no lands. I think that's why it was Turbo Land stuff. Gotcha. But, you know. Um so that was like our conversion rate. Uh like there's all the singletons if you want to look through the amount of singletons and stuff like that. Um Eldrazi Spirits? We will talk about that. Oh, yeah. Because that is one of the lists that I saw and was what? like, wait a minute. Um, what? So, <clears throat> there's... What's nice is Wizards gives us a breakdown, right, of decks that were like, okay, these ones got at least 18 to 20 points in Modern. These ones did 21 to 23 points in Modern. These 24 to 26 and, you know, our top 8 and stuff like that. So I went through at least glancing over the 18 through 20 points and there's a couple of decks um like esper gorios i saw that list and it popped up about summertime um people were trying it out and stuff like that you can basically sneak back your obstinate ghost council yeah with gorios vengeance and then flicker it at the end of the turn and it will stay 
instead of being exiled by Gorion's vengeance or being put back into your graveyard right. for Gorion's vengeance. So you get to do that, and you just have there's a five five that you can flicker each turn, drain two. Gain it's great. Two. Yeah, so I love that. Like, you know, I think if I would play a Gorion style deck, that would be mine to play. Mm-hmm. But um, Christian Calcutta was on Boggles. So I like, you know, Boggles is still making presents. We talked about it as one of the aggro yeah. decks. Yeah. Um, so there was some cool stuff that, that people were playing. You know, again, that was some of our lantern control players. Eldrazi Tron was running around, Gift Storm for Burst Shadow. Like, there was a lot of decks that we talked about for our um, decks in the meta. Like, Madcap Moon was one of them, um, which is like, I'm going to get that Platinum Imperium. Um, can't lose life off of Madcap, and I've got an 8 8. And, Lock you out with Blood Moon, so you know there's fun decks like that. Um, but there were some other ones too that I saw. Uh, there's that um, blue red. I can never pronounce that. Clean, clean, clean that kill stupid, fiend. That stupid fiend deck. Yep. You know, it's basically just like the thing in the ice, but instead of running the young pyromancer and like that sort of style, you're basically doing that. Um, is the Kiln Fiend the prow? It, does it have prowess, if I remember, or is it just instants and sorceries? Um, I'll pull it up. Okay. Oh dear. I can spell it. Um, oh, this is the thing in the ice version. That, that, okay, so this is the Bedlam Reveler, the Fiend, Swift Spear, Thing in the Ice, Fear Visions, Bolt. So the fiend is our whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell plus three plus, plus three. three. Okay, so yeah, that's actually not too bad because killing fiend does cost two a red mm. and a colorless for a one two. Of course, it's gonna die to those popular cards that showed up at the pro tour: lightning bolt, uh, fatal push. Uh, but yeah, this looks like it, it's running a lot of different uh, cantrips that not only are doing things like drawing cards, uh, but it's also got teamer battle rage. Mutagenic growth. It's an all-in style it deck. It is. It's like I'm either gonna get you with my. I'm not gonna say it. The fiend. Kill fiend. There you go. Uh-huh. Or thing in the ice. Those are the main ways to kill you. But I can still go like this sort of burn monastery swift spear lightning bolts and you know chip away at you. Kind sure. Of thing. Um, so I like. I thought that was a pretty cool deck. Uh, El- we got to look at this Eldrazi spirit list. That's that's the one we want to talk about. Spirits. Oop, I missed it. No. No. Yeah, it's on it. All right. So it's (laughs) the list is basically like. So you remember the spirit deck, like Bant Spirits or whatever that was running. I do. I played it. Um, it's kind of like the same thing. Like it's got the selfless spirits in here. Mausoleum Wanderers running around. Yeah. Spell Queller is in here. It's a great card. But then it's like. You know, black-white Eldrazi is a thing. I'm going to kind of do that, too. And it's got, like, Thought Not Seers in here. Um, it's got the, um, of course, Leon and Arbiter. Like, here's, like, this Dex and Th- Death and Taxes style. Thalia Garden of Thraben. Um, and Eldrazi Displacer. I'm going to flicker stuff. All right? It's also got Reflector Mage in here. Path Exiles, the four spells, and then four Aether Vials. Yeah, what, uh, just, just real curious, what... What sort of record did this this gentleman get? Um, eighteen to twenty points. Eighteen to twenty. Yeah, I'm just looking at the creatures. Um, you know, Leon and Arbiter is a pretty cool card, and Spellqueller yeah. is a cool card, and 
you know, it's got Path to Exile as the only instant. This kind of sounds like maybe a deck I should be playing. Right. <laughs> now that I'm seeing it, it's huh. Yeah, it, it's pretty sweet. It's basically like, hey, I don't care about humans. I care about spirits and Eldrazi. Spirits, so. Well, you know, Eldrazi I can take or leave, but these are like the good Eldrazi, mm. not the bad ones. Yeah. You know, Eldrazi Displacer, yep. Thought Nazir. Those those ones I'm fine with. It's the ones where you get beaten down for five oh, and trample. Yeah. You know, those are I'm not i I'm not a fan of those yeah. personally. So Thought Knots okay in your book? I mean, yeah, because Thought Knots doing things like exiling cards. Yeah, okay. Not just creatures. Yeah, so this is kind of just like a blue, white, colorless deck. Right? Uh-huh. It's a, a three-color deck because you have to be able to have that um, waste or that colorless mana to be able to cast Thought Knots here and huh. Eldrazi Displacer ability and stuff like that. So, But that's why it runs the Temples, it's Ghost Quarters, it's Pain Lands. Like, the deck's sweet. Like, 18 to 20 points. One of the ones we wanted to talk about. Um, I like it's kind of like that mesh of two different decks. Like, Spirits and it's like the Death and Taxes. You just don't have, need Black, right? We don't need death for it. We're just going to play spirit and taxes. Huh. So, um, Ironworks combo was on one of the other ones that was running around. Um, if you guys watched the recent week of Modern Magic Mondays, that was one of the decks that did show up. The deck's a weird deck. I, it's like, it's eggs. You guys yeah. did that. Real Eminem played it on Magic Online. Yeah. He did, and he actually did really well he with it. He did. It was like so, um, and then Ad Nauseam was one of the other decks. I just wanted to highlight that because it's not one of those like super popular decks that normally gets discussed when we were talking about the meta. Um, so there was that. Um, but twenty-one to twenty-three points, there was like at least three really interesting ones. Um, one of which was a zombie list. So they got twenty-one points. They went seven and three in modern. Um, so as you might expect, it's like, all right, what sweet cards can we run for black, right? So we're going to have Fatal Push, right? There's Collective Brutality, Inquisition, Thought Seize. There has to be a Path to Exile. Only one, but there's still one. Uh, Surgical's in the main board for it. Uh, it's got a playset of Lingering Souls. Uh, but Not a zombie. <laughs> not a zombie, but the evasion's nice. Three Liliana the Veils in here. Creatures, 15 creatures, four grave crawler. Pretty good because you can cast it from your graver as long as you control a zombie. Can't block, it's just 2 1, but you know, aggressive play. Um, the Dread Wanderer. Mm. So, a sweet common cut card if you guys have played that sort of aggro style then. Um, pretty much the same sort of stuff that you might expect from the grave crawler. I want to bring stuff back from the graveyard. Blood Gas. I want to bring stuff back from the graveyard and play a land. Um, you know, again, not a zombie, a vampire. Shh, whatever. Uh, Tidehole Skull, though, is a zombie. It's an artifact zombie. Uh, you're right. Um, that, that is something that it is. <laughs> I never realized that. <laughs> so that's another disruption. You can be able to exile a card from your opponent's hand, and when Tidehole Skull dies, it goes back. Also runs a play set of Smuggler's Copter. So it's like, I don't, when I think about like a zombie list, I'm thinking more zombies. Yeah, but you, the interesting thing, and I think you're getting to this point, so I'm going to steal it from you, yes. is the is the loot effect. Yes. So it's like all of these 
zombies that were playing like Bloodgast mm-hmm. and Gravecrawler. And even the Dread Wanderer, you could pay the three and yeah. it from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's like, it doesn't matter where my zombie is. It could be in my hand or it could be in the graveyard. But with Smuggler's Copter, you're able to kind of loot it away and uh, bring it back later. Yeah. Huh. So it's a cool little, like, loot yourself, have evasion with Lingering Souls. Smuggler. Like, I think that's the big reason for the Lingering Souls in here, too, is to activate your, your copter. Yeah, because you can still like, get the, the two spirits... Yeah. Out of the flashback effect. Now, my only question with this deck, mm-hmm. and I, I could be completely off, but how come we're not running uh, Liliana the Last Hope? Um, Is it too slow? I, th- You know, that single target against a creature is nice. M- milling off your own stuff, turn stuff. It's kind of counterproductive to you just paying the... the like three mana or oh i already have this i'll pay one mana right i'm gonna pay play a land get it so i think the disruption of hey we'll both discard a card i'll put something in there and you lose a card off it i think that's more beneficial of the setup um so i really like that list uh the red green eldrazi so that one's been popping up um lyle played it at the invitational it's i'm Assuming very similar to his list, um, he actually played it again on Tuesday night. Okay. Um, I don't know if he's running Dismember's main in his, but Bolts, you know, it's got a fork Bolt in there, uh, Ancient Sergeant's in here, but it's like all kinds of Eldrazi that you'd expect in almost like the Tron Eldrazi, right? Mattery Shaper, Reality Smasher, Thought Not Seer, um, the bad Eldrazi. You know, Endbringer. Uh-huh. Uh, but then it's like, oh, remember that Bant Eldrazi where we'd ramp up with Noble and Birds? We're going to do that too. Um, but we're also going to run Scavenging Ooze for the life gain. And because I have so many creatures, it's easy to get this guy big, right? If you kill my creatures, hey, value, this guy just gets bigger. But then the main reason to be running red-green is this Eldrazi Obligator. Right? It's a three mana, two and a red for a three-one with the Void, of course. But you can always pay two extra. So essentially on turn five, you'll be casting this for one and a waste. If you do, you gain control of target creature until the end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste. And by the way, Aldrazi Obligator also has haste. Mm -hmm. So you get this nice little, ah, gotcha. Right? Uh, It also runs Kessig Wolfrun in there. Just a one-off. Just, you know, the nice little, oh, gotcha. Uh, Mindstones in here too is an extra way to get waste and draw card value. Sure. You know? Uh, so I thought we'd highlight that one. Um, and Living End was in here, too. So right. that was another one. Um, the 24-26 was the white-black Eldrazi. Okay. So there was our Death and Taxes Eldrazi style. Um, ooh, I did want to talk about an interesting thing that I had heard from players and saw is that one Affinity player was playing Bitter Blossom in his sideboard. That's cool. And one player was playing Hazret Bourbon in his Affinity list. Uh, Hazaret and Affinity is gross. It is disgustingly good. Like, I dump my hand, and now I have this guy that I can swing in every single time. Yeah, that's crazy. And then if I'm drawing these crappy artifacts later on in the game, I'm going to shoot them at you for two damage. Yeah, that's that's nuts. I I love that idea. I mean, it's a great idea. Um, So I thought it was pretty cool, the little things I noticed from that. Um, So... 
one thing that I wanted to ask is when it comes to sideboards. Mm -hmm. Like we we've seen a lot of different decks that were running around. We've got to talk about the conversion rate of you know the different deck types and stuff. Should we be having more stuff in our sideboards for aggro decks like five color human or affinity or for like the big mana jack decks like Tron or the Valakut stuff? I mean if you if you took the Pro Tour last weekend mm -hmm. and you put it in a a box yeah obviously you would say based on the numbers you would want to have aggro decks over big mana it's just your your chances of running into an aggro deck are much higher than running into a a tron deck or a big mana deck mm -hmm. however um for me i like to have a good mix yeah you know like i don't want to and maybe maybe that's why I'll never make the pro tour and I'll never <laughs> I'll never play with anyone like a team to kind of get that feeling yet. But for me and where I play and you know, we go to some tournaments not as often as we would like. Uh, but I, I think I'd always want to keep a, a healthy mix. Yeah, I I like that. Um and just play play cards in your in your main deck that are always good. Yeah, that's true too. You know what I mean? Like, I always find like I, that there's like two cards in every matchup where I'm like, well, get this out of here. I just know exactly that I'm <laughs> gonna have at least two slots available to me. Um, but then everything else, it's kind of tough because it's like, okay, well, this is good. Well, what's my matchup? And uh, you you know you just kind of go from there. I mean, what about you? No, I I really like that idea of. of having that mix of everything uh -huh. because you never know um what you're going to play against but playing with your deck too you'll know where its strengths and weaknesses are so you'll know where to set yourself up to be like okay i know that when i'm playing against burn decks i just have a really hard time so i need to make sure that i have at least three to four cards in my sideboard to help in those burn style matchups right. so um Layer control. It's what about a good deck. it? I mean, yeah, it's a it's a good deck. So it requires a high level in skill of play. It does. Um, I'm gonna wait on this until we talk about the top eight. Okay. All right. Uh -huh. So why don't you give a rundown of what decks made it to the top eight? I guess. Um, because there are some cool ones, right? We only had one deck that showed up twice. We did, oh. and it was uh, it was the five color humans list. Surprise, surprise. Uh, we also had uh, an Abzan list, which obviously was Reed Duke. Yeah, my man. Yep. Uh, we have the Traverse Shadow list. Uh, we had a blue red Pyromancer, which we do know was Pascal Vieran, mm -hmm. and then we had uh, it's Ken Yakahiro, I believe is his yes. last name. Yes, on the, uh, uh, from Japan. Yeah. And he was running the black red hollow one deck. Yuka Hero, I'm sorry, I apologize. Um, which is, you know, Hollow One's been one of those decks that's been kind of popping up lately. Uh it has the the same intended effect. I I wanna say is kind of a dredge-esque deck. It's a combo deck for sure. Uh, but it's it's all about discard, but it runs uh I think the card that really has kind of set this deck off, at least for black red, is Goblin Lore. Yeah, Goblin Lore and Burning Acquirer are like the same. I'm gonna draw a bunch of cards and discard a bunch of cards. Well, the right? the the thing about Burning Inquiry is that it's both player. 
Yes, that's true. So they can get cards that right. they want. And the, the beauty of Goblin Lore is that it's only you. And you draw four cards off of it. Right. I mean, you have, do have to discard three, so if your luck is running bad, you might discard the stuff you want, but hey, you're drawing four cards. Mm-hmm. Like, but the but the but the hollow one doesn't care. Yeah. I, I do like the flame blade adept. I think it did a lot of work for mm-hmm. Ken um throughout his his top eight time. Uh, you know, being I, able you sit there and you're like, it's a one two. Why am I worried about this? But it actually has menace, and every time that you cycle or discard exactly. a card, it gets plus one. So came out of a monquette, which is nice. Yeah. So like that burning inquiry, well, I've I had to discard three cards. All right, Goblin Lore, I had to discard three cards. Faithless Looting, I had to discard two cards. Collective yep. Brutality, if I'm escalating it, I'm discarding cards. Like, it's very easy to make that guy big. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, to round that out, we had uh, the Lantern Control list yep. from Luis, and we had uh, the Mardu Pyromancer list that Jerry Thompson was running, um, which, you know, if you guys were able to catch some of the Pro Tour, I, I do think that uh jerry and louise were featured quite a bit yes uh because they were doing so well they were um mm-hmm. and they were able you know we saw pascal i mean everyone that was in the top eight i think had at least one feature match throughout the weekend pascal had at least two from my mind jerry was on at least two kind of showcasing uh what his pyromancer list can do against humans which i think he was prepared for uh, a huge human showing yes. at the Pro Tour. So we got to see not only humans, but also um, he played another deck in the in the Swiss rounds that people were excited to see. I couldn't remember. I can't remember offhand what he played. No. Um, I just, I know in one of his interviews, he was talking about how, you know, the deck is good but there was times where he was sitting there at like one life two life and able to stabilize so yeah. i think you know it's a good deck but be careful if you're going to pick it up and pilot it i think a big reason why gary was able to do as well as he did was because of him oh yeah right for sure and him being able to, to pilot the deck i also like that it's a little more controlling like he's got one manamorphos in there too and like little things like that that he's tweaked and changed based on his testing that, that he feels comfortable with so you know i i think a lot can be said about him piloting this deck um not to discredit how powerful the deck is like i love the bedlam reveler in there and how quickly you can be able to reload your hand and get all the tokens like there were so many times over the weekend where a young pyromancer was on the field and they were casting lingering souls and it's just like up oh, here's three tokens yep right true that so that was nice to be able to see um but i think like you look at the top eight and it's like we're gonna see i think a big influx of more mardu pyromancer there's already um a lot of people playing five color humans um so like especially when you're going to a gp or you're going to go to an open be prepared for these i wouldn't be surprised if we see more of the red black hollow one because i think there was people that saw it and were like man this deck is sweet like you can do some cool stuff with this deck and just it's another glass cannon deck, it is. though you know um i think it, it does require a, a skilled pilot mm-hmm. to kind of make it work uh because i think sometimes you are just gonna fall flat yeah um what do you think that about traverse being 
in the top eight and not Griffith. I, I think it, it just shows you um, the power level of Tarmogoyf, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. I, I like that one of Grimflare yeah. that was played in the Traverse list as well. I think that's really solid. Um, but the thing is, is what are you playing in Grixis that you can't play in Traverse? So that's the thing. It's like a lot of the cards that are in um, this particular list is sitting there with like Starboard Denial, Snapcasters, things like that are still in this list. It's just in less numbers kind of thing. Like yep. there's only one Snapcaster in here. Um, it's not really relying on font scours and things like that to do that. It's just, you know. I mean, I guess it's the, you lose the, the Delve. Yeah. Because you you want the delirium right. for traverse, yep. so you have to strip the Gurmog anglers. You have to strip the Tassigers, the Thought Scours. Uh, well, I guess you don't have to totally skip the Thought Scour. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to, but I think it's much easier to set up your colors by limiting how much blue, uh, because it's like, all right, I'm gonna have a Snapcaster, I'm gonna have Stubborn Denial. But for the most part, it's like Fatal Pushes, Dismembers, Abrupt Decays, Hammer Battle Rage. All of your creatures are um, either green or black or both, right? The, the reference to Grim Flare there. Um, Liliana the Veil with double black. So, you know, I, I think if you're going to want to do a four-color list, this is the way to go. Sure. Um, what about our... Oh, so the winner of the event, Gary got to the finals, right? Luis got to the finals, so it was our Mardu Pyromancer versus Lantern Control. Was Lantern Control the big bad guy of the weekend, or was Five Colors Humans the big bad guy of the weekend? Um, well, so you that's a tough question that you ask, because obviously there is a very resounding yes or no you're either on the fence for lantern control yes or you're against it you yeah. know what i mean there's no like i feel like there's no happy medium uh there's not it's it, yeah it's very black very and white polarizing on and on the deck. you know for most of the community i think that lantern control is probably going to be a villain yeah you know but it's it's because it's doing things that you don't want in your magic matchup unless you're like that's that's the type of magic you always want to play yeah you true. know you want to it, because it manipulates both sides of the game it's not just yours or it's not just your opponents it's both um and that's why people they blood moon gets a bad rap mm -hmm. um this deck obviously gets a bad rap because it's doing things that um, in a normal game of magic, I would say I'm not gonna. I'll make up a number, but I'll say like 83. percent That's a that's a good fake number to come up with. That, <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. that that you know kind of just blankets the chances are you're not gonna see this type of magic played all the time. Right. So people aren't prepared for this type of magic. So they they don't know what to do. I think that I think what I liked most about the comments with Lantern Control were it's a good deck. However, you have to be faster than your opponent yeah. because your opponent is not going to know what to do half the time. Yeah. Like, so they're going to try and stick it out when there's no way that they can If you win. have the lock, which it's 
not that hard to assemble a way to lock your opponent out mm-hmm. of saying, okay, I am now on the point where I have my Lantern of Insight, where I look at the top card of both of our labor, both of our libraries, right? I have Codex Shredder here, right? So I can be able to manipulate what's on top of our library. I also happen to have this Academy of Ruins now, so I can be able to return an artifact. Oh, and I happen to have this Witchbane Orb, right? I've got this stuff, but I don't have a way to necessarily kill you yet, right? I can't kill you out, but you can't do anything. There's no way that you're going to be able to get what you want without me being able to manipulate your deck or shuffle stuff away. And, you know, I've got a Pithing Needle naming this card, and I've got these other artifacts out, but I don't have, like, my Spellbomb reoccurring. I don't have, like, a Collective Brutality reoccurring thing. I'm not doing these damage to you, right? I don't have this... Oh, here's this Ulamog that I'm going to swing. Here's this Death Shadow that's a clock, right? People look at this and they go, well, there's all this stuff, but I can, I can come back, right? He's, there's no clock on me right now. I've right. got all the time in the world where really there's no way you're coming back. And I think a lot of people just don't know when to say, I can't, I'm, there's nothing I can do. I need to scoop it up kind of thing. And a lot of people don't want to scoop. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's just that's human nature. They're not going to want to give up if, you know, it's not clear that the writing is on the wall. But so that's, that is where I think the downfall of this deck is, is because if you as a player not playing Lantern Control don't know when the writing is on the wall, you're going to take your games to time and beyond. Yes. And you're going to get just as frustrated. It's, uh, it's an exhausting deck to pilot. Right. And, and I've heard it from... Everybody that has tried the deck and picked it up, and they're saying, I'm, I have a headache after playing because I'm learning the right lines for my deck to play against every single deck that I'm playing right now. And I need to be on point knowing exactly what your deck is supposed to be doing and how I can stop your deck from doing what it's doing. Like in a lot of magic games, you have to know what's in your deck, what's on the field you know, what might be in your graveyard. Sometimes you have to be able to, to think about other aspects of it kind of thing, but it's rare that you need to know 100% what is in your deck, what's in the graveyard, what's on the field, and what's in your opponent's deck, right? You need to also know what's in their hand. What Like, you need to have almost infinite amount of knowledge of what's going on in this match so you can be able to succeed at it. Like, I think there's a lot of cards that have helped the deck to progress and help players to get better at it, like the War of Invention being able to find an artifact and stuff has helped, but it's... I, I saw a lot of tweets from people saying it's going to be really funny to see the amount of people try to pick up this deck and realize how difficult and how hard it is to play. Like, even with, like, Infect, I'm, gonna, I, I'm constantly going back to it. Like, I think people that when Gataxian Probe was around and people were starting to pick it up, you know, used to hate on Infect and talk a lot of trash about it. And, oh my gosh, Infect, it's so easy. You just play a spell, turn a guy sideways, you win kind of thing. But even with Infect, a straightforward, aggressive-based combo deck, you have a lot more lines and it's a lot more complicated than you initially think. This one is like 50 times more complicated. So I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how many people the upcoming GPs are playing it, and how many people are going to try, and then we're going to see a big drop off. 
like going into an event like the Pro Tour, I know I was talking at one of the Modern Magic Mondays things saying, I think we're going to see a lot more lander control. You know, we didn't. We saw nine people. Yeah. Right. Six made day two. One person happened to make the top eight, and that one person the whole thing. I think Luis was playing extremely well. Things lined up really well for him that weekend. Um, it, but I, I don't think this is going to be a deck that everybody can play. I think it definitely rewards the most skilled players and the most knowledgeable players. Do you think it should be banned? Anything in it, though? Because that was the big thing after the winning. Huge influx of tweets and stuff and conversations going on of people being like, this deck is not good for magic. This deck is, you know, most boring thing ever. This is bad for the viewers. This is bad, bad for players. This deck should not exist. We need to ban it. We need to get rid of it and stuff like that. But then there was also people coming back at the other side of things as one, you know, Pro Tour winning deck does not make uh, it need a ban, right? It's not like it's sitting there with like Eldrazi Winter taking up all the men. It's not like, you know, it's the most popular deck at the event, right? That was five color human. That was almost 10% of the meta, right? This was peanuts in comparison with only nine players on this list. But, you know, I'm just curious what your thoughts on the deck itself. I think you're in the camp of you don't really like Lantern. I mean, it's it's not it's not that I don't like Lantern Control. Um, I just think that it, it's it's not a deck that I can play. Okay. I, I know. I can look at this list. I can see the cards. I understand how the deck works. But if you put this deck in front of me and said, okay, Brett, go play <laughs> play, a, play a normal Tuesday night. Yeah, five rounds. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be miserable. Yeah. So I know that there's no way that I could go to a nine, you know, a day one. Yeah. You gotta play, play nine, eight rounds of You gotta play event. double the amount of magic. Uh, where it's exactly as you said, you have to know not only what your deck is doing, but what your opponent's deck is doing. Because at any moment, it's fragile. I mean, the, the deck is very fragile in the in the instance of if you're, you know, not familiar with your opponent's deck, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah. You're going to let them have a card that they shouldn't have. Or, you know, you're not going to grab the right toolbox card yes. that you're looking for with War of Invention. Uh, do I think the deck needs to be banned? No. Uh, because I don't think the numbers support um, at all uh, what Wizards of the Coast is looking for in um, keeping the, the format healthy. Right. Uh, it's, not, it's not affecting the amount of decks. You know, if you look at all numbers over the course of, what, four to six months mm -hmm. of Magic in Modern, it's, it's all different. Look at the Pro Tour. Look at the list. Like, there's so many different lists. It's it's such a great time to be playing modern that I don't I don't necessarily and also I don't know what you would ban. To be I, perfectly I honest, the the big things that I've been hearing, um, <laughs> I'm wondering if these players that were also calling for this were like hating on Tron too, because they were their big call was like Ancient Stirrings needs to go away because it's you know. You look at five cards, you get to pick a land or an artifact from them, put it into your hand. Mm -hmm. Like, 
why is green getting the best card essentially you know like and the only decks that run it really are tron based decks or eldrazi based decks right uh or, or artifact based deck well not like affinity is not running it kind of thing so it's like either this lantern control list tron or eldrazi those are the only things that are running ancient burns right but the but the key word on the card is colorless. Exactly. So it's, it's like <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think ancient strings is very powerful. You know, yeah. Being able to look at the top five cards of your deck is good. Is good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. But it's it's one card. Mm-hmm. You know, if if people are calling for that, you know, it's it's no better than it, You know, the people that were calling for like all the super powerful blue cards. Yes. To be banned, which did happen, you know, like mm-hmm. blue has taken such a hit that now we're having to supplement the blue cards with, you know, ancient stirrings, yes, or artifacts that help yeah. kind of support what the blue decks are trying to do, or they have to play more expensive counters. And I, I again, I'm 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 on the fence. Like I can't, mm. I'm not going to sit here and say that you know. Oh, we need to make blue great again. <laughs> unban Jace. Yeah, unban Jace the Lion Sculptor because, you know, then that it just turns the wheel. Yeah. You know, we're just going to be on the opposite side. No, I, the other one was like Mox Opal people have talked about because free mana and, and modern, they've, you know, Matt, Wizards has, has taken this approach. They don't like the idea of that free mana, right? The, you know, they've done their best to try to limit that. Um, but. I don't know. I I think the uh, I don't think anything should be banned in modern currently, based on what the format is, and like you were talking about, how we've seen such a variety of decks over the last couple of months. That I don't think it is something that we need to see. I think even this GP coming up, right? Um, which I think is the perfect time now to switch over and talk about. Just there's two GPs coming up, kind of round up our show is. There's GP Toronto, which is this weekend when this podcast is coming out. It's actually going on. Um, and then we've got another GP a couple weeks. What's that? Next week, actually? It's next. Yeah, next weekend. So two GPs that are coming up that are modern-related. And then, of course, Star City when they have their classics for modern and, and everything like that. But I, I have the feeling that we're going to still see a variety of decks in the top eight. I hope so. You know, we might have that like, oh, okay, we have two or three of the same deck, but five different ones, right? Or or six different decks, right? I think I, that's my prediction, at least, for the next coming modern events that will be taking place. I think it's still going to be aggro-based at the end of the yes. day. Uh, again, modern is a, is a turn four format. Mm-hmm. Um, the decks that are trying to grind out wins are going to be a little less frequent especially in the top eight. Yeah. And even though Luis did a, you know, everything lined up for him, he was able to win. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that Lantern Control is going to see uh, much of an uptick. There may be some, but I still think that, you know, the people that are playing the deck, they're the ones that are also coming out and going, yeah, this this deck is great, but holy moly. Yes. (laughs) You know, like, I had to give, like, every ounce of my energy to play this deck yeah and that's that would deter me in a heartbeat if somebody mm-hmm. you know if Luis came out and been like yeah this deck's tough i'll be like yeah i believe you. Good, <laughs> good job you did it 
uh, I'm going to continue doing whatever it is that I'm doing, <laughs> you know? I'm not going to do that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed the modern Pro Tour. I think Wizards should continue to have modern as a Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. I think it's great to give the pros that chance to be able to play in such a fun format like Wild West. I know there's some very vocal pros that are against it, but I think, you know, Wizards also has been very hesitant because their main focus is to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Modern doesn't necessarily make money when it comes to selling and purchasing product, stuff like that. So, but it, I think it's for viewers' sake, for people that play modern, I think it's one of the best formats, you know, the viewers showed for the amount of people that were watching it. Um, I Even just the the Swiss event was getting um, like close to, if not the same numbers as previous um, top eight for like standard. Event. And that's just on Swiss. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's cool to see that, uh, that modern is doing so well. Um, but that's kind of our main topics that we wanted to talk about for tonight's show. Just kind of, you know, dive into some decks, talk about some of the results, stuff like that. Um, so we'll do some quick shout-outs real quick all night. So, Brett, why don't you start things out? Where can people find you other than, of course, on In Response to and Modern Magic Monday? Yeah, so uh, I'm kind of all over the internet. You can actually find me on Twitter, at Farm of Zirinar, um, as well as on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Farm of Zirinar. Basically, Farm of Zirinar <laughs> is where you Google... And that gets you to all the different places. Uh, I just do a lot of streaming, uh, retro video games, speedrunning, um, as well as, you know, all of this magic stuff. It's great to be able to talk about it. How about you? So I'm Nan Man of The Real Nan Man, as you guys will see. Again, I've got stuff for Modern Magic Mondays, Monday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern over on Twitch and YouTube, but the same thing um, on my original channel, youtube.com slash nanman. Uh, we do have our modern meta breakdown, which comes up every Thursday. So we sit there and talk about a deck, the ins and outs, what are ways to beat it, what are kind of ways to kind of help sideboard against it, and why the deck does what it does. Um, and eventually I'll get back into doing more stuff. I'm starting to get back into StarCraft and, and other esports related stuff. So there might be some more of that coming up in the future. But uh, again, if you like the, the podcast, like the show itself, make sure you're hitting the follows, subscribes, all that kind of good stuff. It does help out immensely for the projects that we're working on but that's going to do it for this episode thanks so much for tuning in watching guys and we'll see you guys next game see you